Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. There is some juicy, juicy words and wisdom coming your way today in this episode. And dropping all of the golden nuggets is my guest, Allison Rowe. Allison is a yoga instructor. But I like how she explains it. She says that she teaches movement, which is a really beautiful way to talk about the practice of yoga and really just different modalities. It doesn't have to look one way or the other. And we talk a lot about that as well. But the beauty that Allison brings is so much deeper than just stretching to touch your toes, as she talks about in her own practice of yoga. She dives into the power of yoga and the wisdom of yoga, but all these other things like yoga, we kind of talk about, it's sprinkled in here and there, but it's just these incredible life lessons about tackling your fear and aligning with where you want to be in your life and moving out of places where you don't align in your life and how to create new habits. It's, there's so much freaking information jammed packed into the next 40 minutes. Uh, it's, I love it. I love it. And Allison, I met when she was teaching yoga where I was going at the time and she's magnetic, man. You guys, I just, I can't get over it enough. I'm gushing and gushing and you'll hear me in the episode too, but there's power that people bring into your life when they allow you a safe and sacred space. And I know many of you have experienced that. I hope you have. And if not, man, find your people because when there's somebody to just hold a container of space for you. It's powerful. And I talked about how I cried most of the time in the back of Allison's yoga classes. And there was probably like a month and a half of me going where I just didn't acknowledge anybody else or like scooted out at the end of class because I was so embarrassed. But you know what? Life happens. And (laughs) that's, that's yoga for you, the power of it. Um, and thankfully she doesn't judge me. So it's, I can't, really sum up into words and thankfully I don't have to because you get to listen on your own but Allison is such a light and such a joy and brings such different and unique ways of thinking of typical things I know you guys are going to walk away just in awe as I am now so sit back open up your ears open up your hearts and your minds and enjoy welcome back everybody so excited for you to be here and excited to have a guest today. These are always my favorite episodes. And today we are hanging out with Allison. Hi, Allison. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, Allison has been a rock in my life, whether she actually knows it or not. Uh, Allison is a yoga instructor and she's going to dive into that more. And I found her by chance. And if any of you know the power of yoga, you will know what that means. And and most of all, she never judged me, even when I was crying on my mat in the back of the room, like 95% of the time. So thanks. 
Oh, that's that's so sweet. And I like, I love that you can cry in a yoga class because I just like I hold it in all the time. So I'm like actually in awe that you can just let it go. Um, the only time that I'm like quiet enough to. And there was a span in time where it, well, I wasn't at my finest in life. So I was just like, well, it's just, it's going to explode somewhere. So at least it's dark and quiet in here. Yeah. Yeah. The safe space of a yoga mat, right? Well, yeah. So I'm Allison. Um, I teach yoga and other, like, I like to call them movement modalities. I teach fitness, but all kinds of like yoga movement, like feel good in your body uh, things. And I've been doing that for a couple of years, um, but I was in the publishing world for a while. I did magazines and editing. I was actually going through my yoga teacher training and kind of had like, I'm not even gonna say a midlife crisis, like a quarter life crisis. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my life crisis? And um, the same day I graduated my teacher training was the last day of my job and I quit my job to do yoga full-time just like dove head first into the realm of teaching as a, a, a long time yoga dabbler I didn't have a solid yoga practice until about I don't know five or six years ago and then just was completely immersed and overwhelmed and like in love with the, the movement, the practice, and then the idea of being able to lead others and guide others in their own practice, it just like it fit and I was ready to be done. <laughs> I needed to be done um, at my job and that's like a whole, you know, the whole other story, but just like it felt right. Everything just kind of fit and flowed naturally for me to be able to quit and start teaching yoga and have jumped in full force into yoga, movement, um, yeah, that whole meditation, throw that in there, that's like the, the scary word, right, nobody wants to say it, but um, meditation through yoga, I would say. I, it was so funny, I was actually just talking to a young girl today that did the same grad program that I did, and she was just exploring other options, and I like that that happened earlier today and then we're having this conversation. It's just, we think so linear of you have to do this and you get like a quote unquote real job and you do the normal things. And I so respect and honor people that are shaking up and be like, no, it didn't feel right. And I'm going to do what my purpose is, what serves yeah. me. Yeah. Screw normal. Yeah. Screw normal. It's not, you know what, if, normal works for you that's great but there are so many people that like normal just doesn't work and it's a struggle to you know do the nine to five have a family pay your mortgage like whatever normal is and it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel easy to live that way it's a struggle and so being able to a lot of a lot of what I work with is fear and the fear that we have internally being able to say like I don't want this I'm going to lean into the unknown and lean into that fear of I don't know what's next, but I need to be quote unquote not normal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even like the idea of normal, but if we're using that. Um, like that is so powerful to yeah. just do do what feels right for you, despite what other people are doing and it's not easy. Absolutely no, it's not. Terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Because often you feel like you're the only one. 
right? Like there's nobody else doing this. I'm all alone. And the reality is you're not. There's a lot of people doing like unusual, non-traditional things, but you feel like you're the only one and you're, you're on your own. Uh, and that is really freaking hard to have to trust yourself through that time until you start to find those other people, right? Make your connections, find your own community. Yeah, and trusting yourself to not only quiet down your voice and your ego, but trusting yourself enough, I think, sometimes to stand up to the people around us that might be coming from a place of love, but it's not always uh, projected quite that way or interpreted that way. Yeah, that's so hard. Like when friends and family are like, what are you doing? Like you have a stable job. Like why would you quit that to go do something that may or may not be you know, the traditional financial stability role. Like, why, why would you do that? Because they don't understand. It's not their life. It hasn't been their, their reality. And so, yeah, not only do you have to trust yourself of like, this is right, this is what I'm meant to do, but then you almost have to justify it. You know, like this, like, you don't have to understand where I'm coming from, but please just trust me on this. That's, that's hard. It is hard. It is hard. It's like conversations that we have with a lot of the ladies that I work with. I'm like, you actually don't have to continue expand. Whatever your comment is or your statement, it's that and like period. Done. No and, no but, no if, like no expansion, just done. Yep. And that yeah, takes and you don't you don't owe anybody an explanation. Mm-hmm. As long as you're living in like in your truth in a way that's not harming other people, you don't owe an explanation to anyone. Mm-hmm. Where did your journey with yoga begin or what drew you in to even say, I'm going to practice and then I'm going to commit to doing a, teacher, a certification course and now do this as my profession? Yoga was always something that like people told me that, oh, you look like you do yoga. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do yoga. <laughs> Great. So I took a, um, some yoga classes in college. I got some like friends and we would do Pilates one day and then yoga the next day. And I was kind of always the one that just kept going back to the yoga classes with friends that would come in and out. Um, Definitely like dabbling was not a like, I have to go to yoga every day or my life will fall apart. It's like, oh, I'll go. It's a nice relaxation. It gets me out of my, out of doing homework and whatever. (laughs) And then um, hit the real world. And again, just dabbled with yoga. I was a student athlete um, growing up. And so I was very like fit muscularly, but was not flexible in the traditional sense of like, my hamstrings are so tight, I could not touch my toes. So when I started yoga, my main goal was just flexibility, being able to like stretch and touch my toes. That's all I wanted. Um, so practice definitely like on and off. There'd be a couple months when I'd go three or four times a week, and then I wouldn't practice for months. And I'd come back and it ebbed and flowed. And it just sort of started sneaking in little by little and became um, a solid foundation. I found a teacher that really, really resonated with me. And when I found her, like, that's when it clicked. And I was like, all right, this is my thing. I started going, you know, to the same classes, like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever. And it really became my rock, my safe place, like the world's was going on around me, you know, there's always chaos outside, but being able to be like, this is my time to just sit and stretch. It really started with stretching. And through the stretching, through the the physical movement, um, my teacher was very 
gifted at bringing in meditation in a non-scary way, in a very approachable way, little like bite-sized pieces. And so it's through that experience of exploring meditation during a yoga practice that it, it became so much more than movement. And I began to like need that calm, that quiet, because your brain goes a million miles a minute. Right? It's, it's exhausting. Being in your own head is exhausting, no matter who you are. So having that space to just like, and if it's going, it's going, that's fine. But being able to learn to slow down and sit with your breath and sit with those thoughts and those fears and whatever um, was really, I needed it in my life. I needed that practice. And so over time then practicing with this teacher, I was like, you know what? I think this is something I want to learn more about and just get deeper in. Was never with the goal of being a teacher going into training. Um, but I, I had to wait about a year and a half from when I decided that I wanted to get trained as a teacher before training started. And in that year and a half, you know, things that my job got way more stressful and hectic. Um, and it kind of became this like, all right, maybe, maybe yoga is something that I need to be like a little more serious about and, and consider the options. And so when my training started, it was, it was crazy trying to fit in training with a daily. So I did my training. Um, it didn't go away for a month. It wasn't like an immersive. It was, I was training in the morning for two hours when going to work, having a regular day. Uh, and I was also actually teaching a style of yoga called booty yoga, B-U-T-I, which is um, it's like traditional yoga poses with strength, plyometrics, dance. So I was training for yoga, working, teaching a style of yoga and like all of it. And it was just like scrambled chaos mess. But in that mess, I remember there was one moment in training and training is like this whole other world. You get so raw and so real with the, the, the people that are in the program with you because you don't have a choice. Like you're in this together. And there was a moment we were, um, it was like you pulled a question out of a hat or something and we were practicing public speaking because yoga is the form. It really is public speaking. You're speaking in front of a group all the time. So we're practicing that. And I had a question of like, what brings you joy? And I was just in a pretty dark place. Um, work was just like totally overwhelming and I had this spark and went being here with these people every day like this is my joy and it was in that moment I was like this really is like where I'm called to be I no longer experienced any any joy from where I was and had this like breakout kind of breaking out of the cocoon moment like it's time to follow the joy and to just see where that goes mm, I love that I love that and I think too with yoga, it comes, I would venture to say that most people typically probably do yoga because of how you said in the beginning, I, I want to get flexible. Like I want to mm -hmm. be better at my sport or I want to reduce my back pain and all these things that come along with it. Mm -hmm. And I think you get to, for me anyway, I, there was a point in my life where I was like, oh, I finally get this yoga thing that everybody talks about. Like I finally, it clicked now. Yeah. I think my favorite thing is people are like, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. Like, that's the point. Yeah. That is, that is literally the point. Like, that is the starting line. 
I couldn't, I am so amazed. Like I couldn't touch my toes. Talk about not flexible enough, please. <laughs> um, so I've been there and, and it's just like, that's your entry point. That's like your gateway drug is not being flexible enough. You get in and it's like this whole new world. I know that as somebody who gives constantly to others, that has to be extremely demanding, physically, mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. and just exhausting. And I feel that so many of us right now are experiencing this compassion fatigue and exhaustion and just the weight of our individual worlds and the weight of the collective world that's happening. How do you manage that when this is your profession? This is what you do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a balancing act. It's a give and a take. Like everyone, some days are better than others. Um, and on top of wrestling all, all of that, like we can't teach in studios as yoga teachers. So we're transitioning to online teaching, which is a whole nother like aspect. So then I'm struggling with like, am I serving my students? Well, um, so how do I, I wrestle that? I've been quite intentional about taking time for myself every morning um, in some aspect. So some days it's a more lengthy, just like quiet seated meditation. Some days I do like mala, mantra. Um, I've actually started doing cacao, making cacao in the morning. And that's mm. been a really like lovely calming practice. Um, and just taking me time. Sometimes there's movement involved, sometimes there's not, but I have a, a place in my house, my, my yoga studio, and I just sit. And whatever I need to do that day, I do for, I mean, like 10 minutes. Start it's not a lot. It doesn't have to be a lot. No, it doesn't have to be hours and hours. Literally 10 minutes to just sit and be quiet and let that be the start of my day. I can tell, like, I know, know the days when I do that practice and the days when I don't. The days I don't, I just, I'm way more irritable. I get antsy and I get frustrated and like sad and overwhelmed. And then I'm like, whoa, check yourself, like go sit down. You need to just turn inward a little bit. And the days that I do that, I'm just like way more even keel <laughs> and able to, yeah, respond more compassionately to whatever is happening just because I've taken time to almost settle. You know what I mean? Like settle yourself, find your balance point. Yeah, I definitely can tell when I'm not showing up for myself. And I have a little checklist that I, when I'm off, when things are going crazy and shit's hitting the fan and I'm responding like a maniac, I'm like, let's look at this. Have we done any of the things that make you a better human? No. So let's <laughs> try so one thing I, you know, meditation is one of those things that people are like, oh, you should meditate. It's really good for you. I'm like, oh, like, don't should me. Thanks. Someone yeah. says should, I'm immediately turned off. Yeah. However, yeah, I know I've learned that like meditation actually is really good for me, but it was hard to fit it in. You know, when I was teaching, I had 12, 13 classes a week. Plus then I pick up subs and I would do my own practice. So fitting in a regular meditation practice was like hard. I don't have time for that. So what I did, um, one of my favorite blogs is called The Beautiful Mess, and they have this 100-day challenge. And I love the idea behind this. So it's a piece of paper, and it's got 100 little 
circles, right? 10 lines of 10. And they say, pick your, your goal, the habit you want to create. And for 100 days, your intention is to do whatever it is that you want. So whether you want to write a book, you want to start a garden, you want to meditate, whatever, you have your goal there. And every day, whether you do it or you don't, you check that day off. Oh. Because at the end of a hundred days, right? How many times you're like, oh, I didn't do this today. I'm like thrown off. I have to do it tomorrow. I have to do double. I'm like behind. Mm -hmm. And it throws you off, right? It screws you up. So the whole, that whole mindset shift is, it doesn't matter if you do it or you didn't. Check the day off. Because at the end of a 100 days, your intention is more often than not to show up. And so it doesn't matter if you missed 25 days, 30 days. What matters is that for 100 days, that was your focus. It was like an intent and part of your life. And so I did that and it has like completely changed. There are days when I, I don't sit down at the beginning of the day, I'm like, oh, whatever. But it doesn't matter because the next day I get a chance to do it again. It doesn't matter what happened the day before. As long as that intention, that like momentum is there. Well, and then what a loving energy you're coming for doing it. Not a force. Mm -hmm. And then I actually want to show up and do it. Yeah. Because right, how many things do you feel like you start and you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going full in. And then you get a couple days and you miss a day and you start to, you start that negative self-talk. Oh, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Who was I to think that I could do this? Like set this goal, like reach that landmark. And you get one day off, you get two days off and then you're spiraling and then you're behind and it's downhill. I am going to challenge everybody that's listening to go back and listen to like the last three minutes that Allison just said. And I think that would be so cool. Print off, make your own calendar, do your own hundred days, do 30 freaking days. I don't care. And then send Allison a message, say yeah. sure, like see and do. And that's, that's really powerful way of realigning because you are wanting to do that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if not, if maybe then also, I will also add to that. If you're realizing that out of the hundred days you did it too, maybe you need to realign with why you thought you should be doing your habit that you've now created for yourself. Oh, I like yeah. that. That's a juicy one. Yeah. And I've taken that and I've done as my husband over quarantine, I've had so many pieces of paper with bubbles. It's like, what is this one? I'm like, well, this is my yoga one. And this is my like whatever one. And this is my this one. But it worked. It's just that habit of like, it doesn't matter if you actually do it. You're trying. You're making the effort. That's what matters. That mindset shift of, of not you're failing, you're behind. But you're still showing up for yourself wherever you are in that day, in that moment. And you also then get to start to rewire your brain because that's such a big piece with mindset is, as you said, you know, you miss one day and then it's that, yep, you're a failure again. You always mm -hmm. do this. Why would you do? And there's so much validity and such strong research. It's not just like, oh, just do this and you'll feel better. Like it's actually proven if you do these pieces and continually show your brain, show yourself that it's possible, you, it's easier to be possible. You make it mm -hmm. your habit. Well, who said the habit has to be done every day? The only habit that I have I do every day, I brush my teeth. Yeah. Cool. That's one thing. But like how many things can you like, do you habitually do in a week? 
or in a month. Like a habit doesn't have to be this like hard, rigid, like suffocating thing. It should bring joy. It and maybe it's, happy. maybe it's a minute. Maybe yeah. it's in. Again, the same thing. Nobody ever said it needs to be you're devoting an hour to whatever you're wanting to create and to do. And, and it's your habit, right? It's not somebody else's. It's your commitment. Like I just, for whatever crazy reason, told my husband I do, we're going to do our own half marathon. So we start, we're doing it like have our little plan, our 10 week plan. And so I have this little app and it tracks how many miles you do and how fast you do it. And I find myself saying, oh, I just did a jog. I just did a jog today. It was an 11 minute mile pace. And then I was like, hold up. I'm freaking lacing up my running shoes and heading out the door. For me, that's a run. I don't care what the watch says. I don't care what the timer says. I don't care how fast my brother can do it. My friends can do it. What is it for me? Anything faster than a walk, that's a run. Mm -hmm. So like, it doesn't changing that mindset of like, oh, it's not, I'm not sitting for a half an hour like so-and-so is doing. I'm not doing this like someone else is doing. Well, what is it for you? Yeah. And, and being okay with that and yeah. not, and not playing that comparison game then too. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And like, yeah, we can shut all this out and tell you all this, but it doesn't mean that that one, it doesn't mean that either one of us have that mastered or two, that, that it's as simple. It's, it's a process. It's something you cultivate time and time again, and then it gets a little bit easier. And then some days it gets harder. And then I would say, <laughs> and then you have your checklist of why yeah. you're lashing out at everybody. And you go back to your, am I showing up for myself list? No. Yeah. Okay. What do I do then? Yeah. Am I stepping on my yoga mat? For me, that's my, that's my like reset button. Stepping on my yoga mat. For some people it's running. For some people it's weightlifting or getting in their garden. Like what is your, what is your reset button? Mm. I've also found too throughout all of this that along those same lines is not being in a studio. I get a little stir crazy trying to do yoga for an hour by myself. Like in a studio, I don't think about it. It's a blink. It's gone. It's just beautiful at home. I struggled and I didn't do it for weeks. And I was like, well then do the 15 minute video. Cool. And then mm -hmm. I've done it like most days of the week. Cause it feels good. And some days it's long and some days it's 10 minutes and that's cool. Mm-hmm. You don't get like a bigger gold star because you did 90 minutes of yoga yeah. instead of <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Nobody, first of all, you don't get a star. You can give yourself one. Check you it can, off on, yeah. on your list. On your, on your 100 day list. Yeah. But again, your list doesn't care. It doesn't say like 90 minutes of yoga. Mm -hmm. It might and, be just like show up, sit on your mat. You don't even have to move. Just sit on it. Well, show maybe up. 10 is actually strong intentional time which it is for me in 90 minutes, not at all. Maybe 15 minutes of those are, but the rest of it, I'm like, well, then I could be doing a hundred other things that mm -hmm. I'm stressing about for the rest of the 90 minutes <laughs> in my head that I should be doing, should be doing. Yeah. 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 At home yoga is like a whole nother beast. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I teach this stuff and I still like a home practice is so different. The energy is different. Like it is so much more about, like you always talk about listening to yourself. What do you need? Because mm -hmm. there are days when I show up, I'm like, I'm going to get sweaty. And I like, I don't. I'm like, I should go do yoga. I put on my leggings. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I never do it because it's not what I need. Yep. And just honoring that. Yeah. And sometimes it's just shutting up and listening to yourself. Yeah. 
I like that. If somebody is dabbled in yoga and is new or wanting to try it, what are some pieces that you give somebody who either one is new to it or who's been doing it for a while and just is feeling a little bit stagnant in where they're at? Mm. I like to shake it up and try different teachers because you're going to find a teacher that resonates with you, whether it's the pace of their class, whether it's their intention, their mindset, um, their wording, like all, there's so many different factors that go into why you respond to somebody. The yoga is there. You, you will find a yoga practice that fits you. It just takes that, it's that time of, all right, this teacher didn't work for me. That's okay. I'm going to look for someone else. I'll try something else. And then also having the confidence and the, I don't know, the love for yourself, being okay with taking variations mm. and modifying, <laughs> taking different options, right? I'll be the first to admit, like you're in a yoga class, you're like, everyone's around me yep. doing this pose. I have to do the same pose. That's actually the beauty of a home practice, especially if you're watching YouTube or you have your camera off on a Zoom class. Nobody knows what you're doing. Yeah. So the teacher might say, crescent lunge, and you're like, I am so tired. I'm going to put my knee down. And you're still doing yoga. It's not a lesser version of yoga. It's yoga. Yeah, I'm not great with that one. That is where <laughs> home practice comes in a lot better. So that is definitely, and there's pros and cons to that because sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I never knew that. Like, I'm too scared to do this at home. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. And there's also somebody here to support me and give me the proper cues and, yeah. and make sure that I'm safe in doing it. And, but then there are other days that I'm like, why am I doing, I'm like, do I, what does it matter? <laughs> yeah. What does it matter? Everybody and else should be looking balance. at themselves. And if they're not, then they, that's it. <laughs> they got to deal with something else like that's their own thing <laughs> but there's that balance too of like all right some days you need to honor that you need to put your knee down or take a child's pose and then there are some days when that's the easy way out and maybe you need that extra push and for me that's where I love a group class because it does often push me put it helps me to push through my own mental blocks my own mental barriers yeah because you can you're like oh I'm so tired I can't do that your body can do that mm -hmm. Maybe not a handstand. That's the whole, like, we're not talking about that. You can do a lunge. You can hold a lunge for 30 seconds. It's going to be uncomfortable. You can do it. And whatever that is, you can push your own boundary one second longer. It's not a minute. It's not 10. It's not some new. You can push your own boundary. And that's, I don't care if you're doing physical fitness, if you're practicing emotional fitness, like anything, you can push one second past and then that's fine you don't need to do any more prove anything else yeah oh i can only meditate for three minutes and then i like that's my cut up and my mind's gone well it's it's strength training yeah. sit for another 30 seconds be uncomfortable in that 30 seconds soon you're doing three minutes 30 seconds mm -hmm. oh i didn't know i could do that it's practice and it's being i think some of it's being willing to be uncomfortable we're so quick to be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to not do it. Yeah. That's where you have to have a really honest conversation with yourself. And those are hard to have, but call yourself on a, why am I struggling? Is it because there is a real valid reason why I cannot push or exceed? Or is mm -hmm. it because I'm just not wanting to be comfortable? 
Yeah, and there's often valid reasons. Mm -hmm. But there's also often, <laughs> it's just yourself standing in your own way. And the only way to realize that and to figure out the difference is to sit down and shut up and listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. and, just, and set something that's reasonable. Cool, if you want to try, again, you want to try to meditate past three minutes, I'll do three minutes and 10 seconds. Nobody said now you're having to do 20 minutes. Yeah. When you're training for your half marathon, I'm assuming that you start with five miles and the next week you maybe do five and a half. You're not doing mm -hmm. five and then 13. Yeah, no. That's how it works. No. Like, think about like that way. strength training in a gym. Yeah, you go up in small increments, mm -hmm. whether you're adding, you know, sets or reps or weight, it's incremental. It's not a giant leap. Yeah, lots mm -hmm. for everybody to sit and stew on in this one. There's a lot of golden nuggets at L and <laughs> dropping for everybody to sit and think about. And the cool part about a conversation like this, the cool part about yoga is that you receive the message that you need to hear when you hear that. When you, when you need to receive it, I should say that better, that's when it's absorbed. That's when it sinks into you. So maybe all of this didn't sink into you. Fine, great. Maybe you're not into yoga, but I guarantee that something that Allison said resonates with you and fits for what you need right now in this moment. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. Cause like for me, I'm a note taker. So if I listen to a podcast or something, I'm like, I got to write down all these things. And uh, I was listening to a podcast um, by Jack Cornfield, who was a brilliant, freaking brilliant man. Mm -hmm. And his was like, what you just said, let it go. Yeah. Whatever you need to hear, will stick. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just extra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually just did that. I have a collection of 10, this is totally tangent, but I have a collection of 10,000 podcasts in my queue, I feel like all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so stupid, but it stresses me out to see that there's so many of them that I haven't listened to yet. Mm -hmm. And so the other day I was like, well, why? I just deleted all of them. And honestly, as I was deleting, I was like the intention of whatever message was in this, it was not meant for me to hear today. And whatever ones I randomly saved, there was something in there for me. Cool. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. There's always like more information you can learn. That's something I, I'm currently working on, right? You can always take in more information. And so, so often people are like, I'm going to wait to make a decision until I have all the information you're never going to have all the information yep. about anything. So it, it's that process of becoming comfortable with saying, this is what I know now. So I'm going to act on what I know now. I might know something different later, but for now I have to be content with what I know, the messages that I have received and taken in the process. You just came full circle back to where you were when you started though of your journey. It was, guess what? Right now I know there's not joy in the job that I'm currently doing. I know that joy was found in my yoga community. That's what I'm going to pursue. And maybe in five years, that's not where I find joy. Cool. Then there will be something else that I can lean into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not getting in your way to, to overthink that space. Oh, not getting in your own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, dang it. So yeah. Many. I know. Uh, yeah, we could just talk for hours. I know. I was like, <laughs> can we do like a part two? And can you just be like a monthly guest and yes. get 
drop all hey, your I'm here for it. Cool. I'm Let's here for it. I'm signing you up, man. You shouldn't have ever agreed to it because <laughs> I'll be sending you messages like, it's that time again. Oh, man. Find something new. Um, in, before you come back as a guest multiple, multiple times, <laughs> where can everybody find you? I'm on all your social media classics. Yeah. Um, so you're going to link them in the show notes, right? I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um, so I teach live Zoom classes. Uh, my moniker is Mindful Movement with Allison. Um, all different kinds of classes, like traditional yoga, super non-traditional yoga, uh, fitness kind of stuff, kind of a little, a little sprinkling for everyone. Um, super excited though. I just started this new Facebook community uh, called Empower the Badass Within. And that's well, like where I'm really like, yeah, super, super focused on this group of um, people showing up as their imperfect self and just sharing and supporting each other as we kind of find what sets your soul on fire and leaning into the unknown, leaning, moving past the fear, walking with the fear as you show up for yourself in your complete badass nature. Ooh, I love all of that. That's like everybody who's listening again. <laughs> and I'm writing notes down of all of the things that I need to do. Yes, yeah, so all of that's in the show notes. And try some of Allison's classes if you want to do. They're so, I, I like your availability, your ability, I should say, to shake it up and to do traditional, but the non-traditional is so fun. And again, mm -hmm. it's things that you didn't think that you could do or that were like appropriate for a yoga class or what a traditional thing to. It's cool. Try some different flavors and find something that you like if, if that's something you're interested in doing. Uh, so we always end with a couple questions. So the yeah. first question is, what is your super weapon? Super weapon. Um, I'm going to say compassion. Mm. A skill of a good, a good yoga instructor. Weapon and, and the fault at the same time, I would say. Yeah. I did once hear that our, we had to list out what our strengths were mm -hmm. and I was so proud of my little strength list that I created. And then they asked us to actually look at it and say, are these your strengths or your weaknesses? I was like, Oh, like my mind was blown. I was like, yeah. yeah, but it's true. Right. How often do you like, you go so far into your strength at your own self detriment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes your identity. Again, we're going to like totally tangent, but then it becomes your identity. And then you're even more invested in like, but I'm a compassionate person. So I have to give everything to everybody because otherwise somebody's going to think that I'm not. That's my label. That's my Enneagram type. That's my whatever, whatever. Yeah. 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 Fuck like your label. That's, that's, off, that'll be the next episode. Yeah. There we go. That, okay. That will be coming next month. We'll be taking your label off. Um, and what does being fierce mean to you? Being fierce means trusting in yourself despite the fear, despite the uncertainty, despite what other people say and think. Just being loyal and compassionate to you as you are without exception. Walking with your fear. Yes. Perfect. Perfect way to end this. This has been 
so amazing, so incredible. And I really, really want you guys, I know I probably shouldn't like send tasks on people, but think about what Allison said about the 100 day habit chart and try it. I'm going to do it. And really, Allison would love it. Send her a little picture of it. Send her something. And, and no, like, what a cool thing as a community to, to do and to work together and do that. I love that. Tag me in it. Come bring it into that Facebook group. Yeah, like we can yeah, support each other. Like, oh, I haven't done this for three days. We'll be there to support you. Cool. I like that exactly. even better. Then you have yeah. support and community around it too. Mm -hmm. Love it. Thank you so much, Allison. This is incredible. Thanks, Megan. I loved every minute of this. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode, and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.